hey, hey, welcome to Real Men Talk. So today we're going to be continuing our um, our found uh, the foundations of apologetics. So we've talked about we've talked about truth. Uh, we have talked about the uh, authenticity and the and the authority of the uh, uh, the Word of God. And today we're going to be talking about worldviews and how all this stuff that we have talked about. Uh, leads up to our worldviews and how it makes up our worldviews and what is a worldview and why is the worldview important. And we're also going to be talking about some opposing worldviews. So uh, I'm excited. Of course, we're here with Kyler South. So let's get with it on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. What's going on? All right, here we go. We're going to get right into this. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, what's up, Kyler? Hey, guys. What's up? All right, so worldviews. Of course, you know, with, with the discussion that, that we've had with, uh, uh, with truth, you know, of course, there is absolute truth. We know that Jesus is the absolute truth. The Word of God is our tangible Jesus, and there is no truth outside of it. Uh, and we know that we can historically back up the Word of God um, and that it is, it is accurate, and history proves it, you know, there's outside sources, you know, if you have not listened to those podcasts yet, you need to go back and listen to those, the the foundations of apologetics, part one and part two, and uh, uh, authenticity unveiled, and um, you should you should definitely go check those out if you've not, because those are going to be imperative to what's here. So this is, this is kind of what I would call the third part of the, just the foundations of apologetics, and of course, there's so much. There's so much more to this. There's so much more to apologetics. You can talk to, about apologetics for a year and not cover everything. And um, I've been listening to a lot of William Lane Craig and that dude. If you've never heard of William Lane Craig, the dude is unbelievable. He's brilliant. He's got like two PhDs, and the guy's like stupid smart. But he is so good when it comes to apologetics, and. Um, and so, but anyways, so we're gonna get we're gonna get with this. Uh, um, so worldviews, your worldview is important because it's what makes up your mindset. It's what makes it makes you, you know, the way the way you view the world, the way you view um, everything, everything. You know. So what is what is a worldview? We're just gonna start right there. Um, a worldview is a collection of attitudes, values, stories, expectations. Uh, and expectations about the world around us, which inform our every thought and action, you know? And so, I mean, that's, that's the sum of it. And your life experiences is what makes up those things. You know, the, the things that, that, uh, that you've experienced, the stories of your life, the things that you value of your life, um, you know, all that stuff is all very important to, um, to our worldview. And, um, uh, George Barna, when it comes to a biblical worldview, he said it like this. He said, a biblical worldview is a means of experiencing, interpreting, interp- interpreting, and responding to the reality in the light of biblical perspective. So, worldviews. So, again, you know, what, what makes up our worldview? The, uh, there's a book out there by Dr. Jeff Myers. It is called... The Secret Battle of, of Ideas About God. And Dr. Jeff Myers, he, great guy. If, you, if you've never listened to Dr. Jeff Myers, uh, he's got a podcast called Dr. The Dr. Jeff Show. His whole thing is 
worldview. Um, that's what that that's what he loves. That's what he does. That's that that's his thing. And so um, he says that there, your worldview will make will be made up by five questions. Okay, am I loved? If I were to, to disappear, would anyone miss me? How many people, you know, Kyler, you're a teacher, young kids, you know, how many, how many kids you think ask this question often? I actually, it was, it's funny you mentioned that this week I was talking to one of my students and uh, she pulled me out in the hallway and she was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second, Coach? So I said, yeah, I can talk to you for a little bit. And uh, she goes, sometimes I don't even feel wanted. I was like, mm. I thought this was a science question. We're going deep. Okay. Yeah. I'm not that teacher that you usually go deep with. So I was like, okay, well, why don't you feel that? She goes, well, and she's in the foster care system. And she goes, mm. you know, my mom and dad didn't want me. My grandparents didn't want me. And now my foster placement doesn't want me. Doesn't want to have anything to do with me. Doesn't like me. He tells me he doesn't like me. And oh, yeah. And that's where they're at. They're, they just want to be loved. But it's so true because then they hold this negative worldview that nobody loves them or they can't yes. be loved or they need to do this and that to equate to love. Yes. And so then they start equating actions and how, how, what, whatever people show positivity toward is the action they're going to continue to do. Yes. And so she has this boyfriend and she, he's, I'm not gonna say he's a bad boyfriend. He's not a bad boyfriend. I mean, there's some things he does that I necessarily wouldn't agree with, but, He's all right, mm-hmm. but she's learned to take on the role of taking care of him because that's how she feels loved. She feels right. as long as she feels needed, she feels loved because nobody ever has needed her. Nobody's ever wanted her. Yeah. And so that's, it's so true. Mm. And another research showed a similar thing is that by the time they reached the age of 13, they started kind of forming that worldview. Yes. And then yes. they, they yes. take that period of refinement after 13 and they start refining their worldview into something more permanent and then by the time they get, I think it was 18 or 21, one of those two, I don't remember which one, then it's pretty much a, a staple worldview. This is how I'm going to review the world and this is how yes. I'm going to live the rest of my life. And it's so true, especially for youth, especially for people growing up, because by the time they are 13, they've seen a lot. They've experienced a lot. Yes. They've gone through a lot. And that's, so I teach seventh grade. So think of a seventh grader when you're thinking of this, because I've got my, most of my students are 12, going to be 13. Right. And by that time, they've gone through a lot. I've got kids who have been sexually abused. I've got kids who yes. have moved from state to state because nobody wants them. I've had people or students who have been mentally abused, and they're just trying to fill that am I loved question. That's just one of the five questions. Right. And they haven't even learned to answer that yet. Right. So go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. So it's just, it's it's important that we we ourselves answer that question as we're forming a worldview. Because if we don't form that question, if we don't answer that question, and we don't have an answer to that question, what kind of worldview are we going to take? That's exactly right. You know, and to to understand, not everybody holds the same worldview as you do. Right. You, you know what I mean? And so you take somebody like that, like this young lady who 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 has been torn out of out of her home. You know, yes. there's no telling what has happened inside her her home. Um, you know, here she is, she's in foster care and her foster parents, you, you know, apparently seem like they, they don't like her, you yeah. know, and you take somebody like that versus somebody who was raised in a loving home with two biological parents. Yes. And they're going to have two different worldviews. Exactly. They're going to have, you know, you take somebody, you know, like myself, uh, both of my parents are divorced, mm-hmm. um, but they, 
my parent, my dad, that I call it my dad, not my sperm donor that mm-hmm. lives in Texas, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, but that's you t- true. But but even then, you, you know, you take somebody like like me who mm-hmm. who's who's from a broken home, but have been raised by the same two people for for a really long time. You know, right. they they got married when I was I don't know seven or so, uh, six or seven, right. And so you you take something like that where you know, in my worldview is going to be different than you know. Like like this little girl's worldview, exactly. or somebody who's been in, in two different, uh, or raised by two biological parents, exactly. you know, in a loving home, and so all these all these experiences they make up your your worldview. And for us to understand, when it comes to apologetics, apologetics is all about witnessing, right? Mm-hmm. It, at the bottom of it, at the core of it, it's about evangelism. And so to understand that that people don't see things the way that you see them because they are, have been hurt is important. You know, when you go to somebody and you are, you are, um, uh, you're trying to witness to them and all they want to do is hurt you. You know, you know, the, yeah. the saint hurt people, hurt people. Yes. And, you know, and to understand where that's coming from, that's not them. That's their experiences. That's their worldview that's speaking there. You know, that that's their defense yes. against everybody else is because they feel like because they've been hurt so much, the only way they can interact is to hurt people. Right, and we are creatures of habit. We yes. we take these learned behaviors, and that's how we express ourselves. Yes, and that's a lot of the times we we don't, especially by the time they're thirteen, we don't teach them how to handle their emotions. We teach them mm, how to yes. how to target, I guess, their emotions. So if they think that they're angry, then they want to punch something or they want to throw something. They mm-hmm. don't want to talk about it. They don't want to learn from it, and that's it's it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. You know, the second question is is also a big one. It's um, why do I hurt? Mm-hmm. Uh, bad things have happened to me. Can I overcome and find and find joy? You know, and when you look at the statistics of uh, teen suicide, and you know, or not even to teen suicide, just excuse me, suicide in general, and the the amount of anxiety and depression and stuff like that that's inside yes. the, you know the world right now. Um, this, this, this question haunts people. Why do I hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, right now in our apologetic Sunday school class that I'm teaching, you know, we're, we're discussing evil, you know, that one of the biggest questions is if God exists, why is there evil? Right. Because everybody, ha- everybody has been hurt. Nobody, nobody is exempt from suffering. Nobody is, is able to get past it. Everybody, everybody suffers and it's all on a different level. And you have, as a matter of fact, I was just watching a video a while ago, you know, and this lady, she was like, she was like, where, where was your Jesus when, when my brother was being sexually abused, when I was being sexually abused, when my, my dad, you know, uh, died and my mom left us and we, you know, he, my, my oldest brother was beaten to death. You know, where was your Jesus then? And people, people are asking this question. Why do I hurt? You know, and, and it is, it's one of the biggest questions that make up a person's worldview Mm -hmm. because everybody hurts. Yes. But they often, they target those questions at the wrong people. Yes. They target those questions at man. And that's, it's not for us to answer. It's not for, you can ask God the hard questions. You can ask him. Now, when you ask him these questions, you may not get the answer you want. I mean, he's a fair God. He is. He's going to give you the truth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the truth is not what you want to hear. No. What you want to hear is, I never wanted you to go through this. Right. And he, he didn't. 
He did not want sin into this world. He did right. not want us to come into a world where we had to, you know, sow the land in order to have food. He didn't want us to have to do that. We chose that life. That's right. We were forced into that because we chose sin over God. We chose lies over truth. Right. We chose the devil over God who was with us and provided for us. And, but we target those questions at man who we don't, we don't have an answer. That's right. I, I don't know why bad things happen. I mean, bad things happen to good people. Right. Sometimes great things happen to bad people. Right. I don't fully understand it. I don't fully comprehend it. Nope. But I ask God those questions. Yep. Jesus said that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no, um, in this world, there's no separation when it comes to evil. Because here, here's the thing. This is the truth of people un- misunderstand evil. Um, Aristotle had struggled with this, with this, this problem. You know, he said, um, of course, he, he, he countered his argument. But in the beginning, he was like, God created everything. Yes. Evil is a thing. Therefore, God created evil. If God created evil, God cannot be all good. Okay, so this is this is the kind of the thinking uh, of people. You know, they they misunderstand what evil is. Evil is the absence of good. Mm-hmm. It's the absence of God. And instead, we look at evil as if it's a thing, if it's, as if it's a, its own entity. But it's no different than darkness and light. You know, darkness is the absence of light. Cold exactly. is the absence of heat, mm-hmm. and and the, so evil is the absence of good. It's the absence of God. When sin entered this world, you know, evil was able to. We when sin. Let me finish this. When when um, uh, when sin entered the world, it separated us from Christ. Right, sin separates us. That's what happens. So, so when we separated ourselves from Christ, from from sin, we were absent. We were absent of Jesus. Right, we're absent of God. Therefore, evil was was the absence of one time. And I, and I may have said this on here before. I've said it a couple of times, but um, we were going through, and and Emery asked me. You know, of course, we've had all these people passing away and different things like that. She's like, why do people die? And so, you know, I told her, I was like, you know, everybody, everybody, everybody dies. You know, it's just part of life. And unfortunately, there's just a lot of it right now. And she's like, well, why did God make people that way? You know, and I, I thought that was such a profound question, you know, for, for a nine-year-old. Right. You know, and I, and I explained to her, God didn't make people that way. God made people, when God made Adam and Eve in the garden, it was going to last forever. Adam and Eve were made to last forever. But when they separated themselves by sinning against God, it brought evil, and therefore it brought death. Right. And uh, and people really misunderstand this question. But people people are looking for this joy. You know, can I ever overcome the the pain in my life and find joy? And this this is a big one that that makes up our worldview. The third one is: Does my life have meaning? Is it possible for me to find direction? You know, when you, it's so, it's so profound because these, these questions almost come in order, you know, when you're growing up and different things, you know, kind of like what you were talking about with that little girl, you know, am I loved, you know, and then you move on, you know, of course, along with that, why do I hurt? You know, those, those two, they almost pose at the same time. Yes. You know, and they they continue in, in some people's life. If they never find real love, if they never find Jesus, because Jesus is the only real love, right? He he is he is love. 
And if, if they never really find Jesus, they will consistently ask this question for the rest of their life. You know, am I loved? Am I mm-hmm. loved? Am I loved? You know, why do I hurt? Why do I hurt? Because the reason why they don't feel loved is because they were hurt. Yes. You know, and um, and then as you grow older, you begin to realize that, okay, you know, I'm going to have to work past this. Is there any purpose to my life? Mm-hmm. You know, is there is there any meaning to my life? You know, why, why was I just put here on earth to not be loved and, and to, to suffer? Yes. You know, these these are real questions that, that people really ask. Right. And, you know, as as apologetists, as people who are trying to share the gospel, this is something that we should consistently be conscious about. Yes. You know, that, you know, people are trying to find meaning in their life. You know, if people, if a person is, is, is suicidal, if they're dealing with depression, they're dealing with all those things, you know, and don't get me wrong. I understand that there are actual chemical imbalances. There are actual, you know, it, th- those, those things really happen, but depression also comes because of, uh, of things that have happened to us and, and not, f- not feeling like there's any type of meaning or, or hope in our lives. You know that there's no purpose in my life. the 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 Bible says that that where there's no vision, or you can put purpose in there, same thing. People perish. Yes. You know, and and that's so vitally true. If we don't have any kind of passion, any kind of purpose, any kind of vision for our life, what's the point of being here? It's true. I, I also think that we put so much strength on making sure that our life has meaning. That we 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 make sure that we have a purpose. We put so much pressure mm-hmm. on every single person to, you know, have some type of purpose in life. And I, I, I love the word when people call it a calling, like what is God's calling on your life? What does mm-hmm. God want you to do? Cause that takes the pressure off of it. God has called us to do something. God has called us to serve. Yes. He has not told us that we have to have meaning because he provides the meaning to our life. That's when right. we accept yes. our calling, when we accept what God has asked us to do, he provides the meaning mm-hmm. and we've lost that. We've wanted to provide our own meaning for so long that we've taken a lot of these questions like, does my life have meaning? And we've made it into a negative. Everybody's life has meaning. Everybody's Everybody. life is here for a purpose and it might be a short purpose. It might be a short time. It, we don't know how long we have mm-hmm. on earth. It, you might, be six years old and you've served your purpose. Right. You've served your calling for God. And, or you might be, my grandma just turned 99 this year. Her purpose is still going. Her calling is still going. The Lord's got her here for a reason, but we, we've taken it. So we've, we've twisted it. We've taken it from God and we've put it in human hands Yes, and we've got to give it back to God in order to fulfill that calling. And as soon as you give it back to him, you're going to have so much meaning because he's going to give it to you. Yes, 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 yes. All right, well, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to continue these questions uh, that make up our worldview. We'll be right back after this. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jewelers Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house, so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 Northwestwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis. 
and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys, and we're back. And we're, we're f- talking about the five different questions that Jeff Myers posted about how you create your worldview. We've, we talked about, am I loved? If I were to disappear, would anybody miss me? We talked about, why do I hurt? Bad things happen to me. Can I overcome them? And the last one we did before we um, went off on a break was, does my life have any meaning? Is it possible for me to find direction in life? And the fourth one that he poses, why can't we all just get along? I mean, I've, I've had no discipline in the office a lot this year. And that's a question that I ask myself all the time. Why can't y'all just get along? <laughs> like, and the other question was, why, what, what will it take for us to stop fighting and find harmony? And the problem with this question is we are trying to find an earthly solution for a problem to fix good and evil. Mm. We are trying to find a, a solution. We as humans, we try to fix everything. We try to take it into our own hands. We try to shift that power and we, we can't, we, we are never going to be able to stop the fight until the very end. Right. Yeah. Because if evil's in the world and there's obviously going to be, bickering and fighting and different things like that you know and um we're going to uh this is a question that is asked often you know throughout throughout the world and um you know because there's constantly there there's constantly bickering there's constantly fighting you have family members that are fighting all the time if you live you know these people who live in like the the inner cities where there's there's a lot of gang violence you know different things like that that this question can really hit home and it's it's another question that we need to understand when we are going to uh, when we are are witnessing or we are evangelizing, you know, and people people really want want to know this question, want to know why a person's worldview is skewed. Um, that this is this is part of the problem. If they again, you know, it goes back to hurting the evil in the world and and, and different things like that, you, you know, and. So that they want to know, you know, along with their their pain, along with you know, are are they loved? Is there meaning in life? Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all just get along? And um, you, you know, I'm sure every one of us listening to this podcast, uh, every one of you listening to this podcast, have asked yourself that question one time or another. Uh, 
And the fifth question that he has asked um, that makes up our worldview is, is there any hope for the world? Um, so many things are going wrong. Are we doomed? You know, you look at it. Oh, my goodness. Especially right now. Uh, you look at like Russia and Ukraine, the things that are happening in Iraq and, and, you know, people will talk about the, the Gog and Magog war and, and, and all these different things, you know, um, you, you know, the, I, it could be very easy to, to ask this question. Are we doomed? Yeah. Are we, are, is, is all hope lost? This world, you, you know, you hear people say all the time, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, you know? And, um, you, you know, is there any hope for it? You know, and the truth of the matter is, is there is that there, Jesus, Jesus is the answer for everything, you know, and I, and, and I don't want to make it sound like that's a, a generic answer because that's not what I'm trying to do, but I do want to, um, make sure that we understand that Jesus is the answer to everything, you know, the, the answer to every one of these questions and, um, you know, am I loved? You absolutely are loved. Jesus loves you, you know, more than anything. He loves you and he, you know, he loves you so much. He, he died for you, you know, and why do you hurt, you know, and unfortunately hurt and suffering is part of evil, which we talked about, you know, is, is the separation, um, or is the, the absence of, of good It's the absence of Jesus. You know, you want comfort in your pain. Find Jesus. Find Jesus. Does my life have meaning? You want you want meaning and purpose in your life? Find Jesus because he created you for a purpose. You were created for a purpose. You were created for a reason. And that 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 meaning and purpose is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. And he he will guide you to your purpose. He will show you your way. You know, and then can we all just get along? Of course, you know, he, of course, Jesus is the answer to that he brings peace. He brings harmony. He brings comfort. And, um, is there any hope for the world? And again, you know, we go back to absolutely. Jesus is the hope for the world. Um, but these five questions is what will make up every person's worldview in one way or another. They will ask themselves either all five of these questions or at least the vast majority of these questions, especially depending on age, you know, you get teenagers stuff. They may not really grasp the, the, the whole, you know, is there any hope for the world yet? You know, type of thing, but they, they, they will ask the question, am I loved? They will ask the question, you know, why do I hurt? Mm-hmm. Does my life have meaning? You know, can we all just get along? They will have, they will absolutely ask that those questions. You know, um, I've got a third, 14 year old daughter. I, I, I know she asks those questions, you know, and so, the, these questions also make up your worldview and knowing what makes up your worldview, you can kind of see why your worldview is the way that it is. Right. You know, and again, you know, a person who, a person who's been raped in life and beaten and, you know, been just mistreated and da, 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 you know, versus somebody who grew up in, in, in a very good home, it, it, they're going to have diff- two different worldviews. You take a good old country boy versus a city boy, they're going to have different worldviews. Right. Di- their experiences are different. You, you take, you take a, a, a billionaire versus, you know, somebody who grew up dirt poor they're going to have different worldviews every everybody's worldview is different they're made up of different actions they're made up of different uh, um experiences you know so when when you are evangelizing when you are make sure you have grace mm-hmm. you know because 
not everybody has has been through you know what you've been through. Some people have been through things that are worse. Maybe some people have not been, you know, and they can't understand where you're coming from because they have not experienced things that you've experienced. Right. You know, one of the as I was reading an article it was saying we've forgotten who we are, and I was like, okay, what does that even mean? But the way they put it is that we've created this gap between God and man. We've created a gap between us and God. And what he was saying is the bigger the gap, the more skewed the worldview you're going to have. The smaller the gap, the closer to God, the more biblical worldview you're going to have. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, it just paints a simple picture. The closer we are to God, the closer that we are to wanting to be closer to him is going to give us that biblical worldview, that godly worldview. But the more that we allow to fill that gap, the more that we allow to to dig the, the trenches a little bit deeper, the more that we allow to separate us from the love of God, the more that we are going to have that skewed worldview. And that, and that's where we get all these different worldviews. That's why we have all these different worldviews is we, we go through and we, we just create a bigger gap or we create something that we want to we want to define our lives, but it doesn't fit in this biblical worldview. So then we'll we'll go ahead and we'll make ourselves have all these other worldviews. That way we don't have to to bridge that gap anymore to go back closer to God. We can actually find it within ourselves and we try to play God. But it, it was just so simple because that's what it is. All these worldviews come back to us having a gap. We've created this gap between God and the closer that we get to God, the more of that biblical worldview we're going to have and that the bigger the gap that we build, the more that we're going to find ourselves in one of these earthly worldviews that we've started creating. Those experiences will make up everybody's different worldviews. And so what happens is you end up with opposing worldviews, things mm-hmm. that that will not... Because, because everybody's questions are answered differently, they you come up with, with different... You know, well, I, I don't really know how else to say opposing worldviews, right? Um, you know, and um, we've talked about these a little bit more, a little bit before, but I, I want to talk to him, talk about them a little bit more in detail this time. Um, you know, of course, uh, postmodernism. This is probably one of the biggest, um, in my opinion, one of the biggest opposing worldviews that we're facing today. You know, because it it allows it allows a lot of different things to happen. You know, and that's that's postmodernism. And, you know, the, the, the fact that, that all truth is, truth is a mental construct. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no such thing as absolute truth. It's all relative, you know. And so if, if you can convince yourself that there's not really any, tr- any real authentic truth, no absolute truth, then you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Because it's your truth. You can believe however you want. It doesn't matter what it is. Marxism, you, you know, everything else that we're going to talk about, you know, it, it, none of it matters because it's it's true to you. And so if, if, if you can buy into that lie, because that's what it is, it's a lie, um, you know, and we've, we've already discussed this in, in, in other podcasts. And so uh, in the truth podcast, we, we just, we discussed these in, and, and not not as in much detail, but um, you know, and so as a opposing worldview, if if you uh, again can buy into this lie that I don't have to believe the way that you do, I can believe whatever I want, and I'm still in good shape, mm-hmm. then you can do whatever you want to ease those questions. Exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it, whatever, whatever makes you feel good. 
to to uh, to answer those questions, you you could do it. I mean, it, it, drugs, alcohol, you know, pornography, you, you, so on and so forth. You, you know, you believe whatever religious way that you want. You know, because mm-hmm. according to postmodernism, all all um, all religions lead to the same way because everything's everything's relative. Yeah, you can do whatever. The, I like how this thing puts it this article is like capital t truth cannot be known to exist we can only create lowercase t truths for ourselves uh, and it's true we when you went back to you were saying you could be an alcoholic and that's fine you can you can do drugs that's fine mm-hmm. too you can be any gender you want to that's fine you can be a cat if you want to that's fine it's just we've gone past the point of truth and we've started just what's the word i'm looking for we've started just accepting Everything is true. Everything, now. yes. Whatever, whatever it is, is true. There's, there's no falsities to life anymore. Yes. It is, even if it opposes the Bible, if it, even if it, you know, goes against moral constructs and ethics and everything else, it's, it's fine. You, you can do whatever you want to, and that's one of the big things right now in uh, women's sports is that they're transitioning oh males, goodness, yes, into the sport. But it's okay, you know, because they're females, and I'm. I'm there's so many different people that I watch on the YouTube shorts that are like arguing it. And I'm like, it's, I don't want to say they're fighting a losing battle cause they're not, they need, it all needs to be said, but you were, we, we try to force people to believe a certain way and we can't force them, which right. is the whole ap- apologetics thing. You have to bring it into a loving way. And with postmodernism, they, their mental construct has been so skewed mm-hmm. by everything in the world, everything that we've allowed that, there are times where I'm like, oh, Lord, I just need you to come back tomorrow. Right. Like, I just need you to hurry it up. I know that you're going to come like a thief in the night, but tonight's fine. You can be right. a thief right now. Right now. And we get impatient as we're trying to, you know, exp- we're trying to fix the world to do the best that it can. We're trying to fix the world to to tra- transition to that biblical worldview. And it's hard because you can't, you can't, if somebody accepts something as their truth, there's nothing that we can do except for pray and love them and do as much as we can to get that changed. That's right. And provide them with as much of the actual truth as we can. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, and Dr. Jeff Myers actually has another book called Truth Changes Everything, you know, and you were talking about the big T truth, and little T truths, and he, he mentions that in his book. And um, it's a pretty good book. If you guys ever get a chance to read it, called Truth Changes Everything mm-hmm. and The Secret Battle of Ideas About God. You know, of course, both of them are all about worldview. And, um, but that's that's exactly what everybody has, you know, according to, to, to culture, everybody has their own truths, little t truths. And, you know, it could be whatever it want, whatever they want it to be. It doesn't matter if you want to be a girl, if you want to be a boy, if you want to be a cat, you want to be a dog, whatever it is. It's your truth. Just, just lay in it, you know, just, just bask in it, you know, that's, that's your truth. And, um, then they're completely disregarding big T truths, you know, which is, or I should say big T truth, which is the word of God. There's only one truth Mm -hmm. and, um, that's Jesus Christ. So another, uh, opposing worldview is new spirituality. Um, and a lot of things fall underneath this. Um, of course, you know, pan, uh, pan, and pantheistic, pan, oh my gosh. <laughs> pantheistic. Pan, yes. Pantheistic, which means God is all, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 universe, the, 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 the planet, you know, everything like that. And then God is, you know, then panentheistic 
is God is in all, mm-hmm. you know, and we are all our own gods. We are all, you know, type things, um, you know, and really th- this new spirituality, um, you, you know, actually postmodernism plays a big part in it, you know, because basically it's all about self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all about your consciousness. It's, a, you, you know, everything is consciousness and, and trying to, you know, you, hippies would kind of be a part of this this type of thing you know um they had wicca, their time right you, you know wicca um uh, you, you know um even like buddhist hinduism you, you know all that stuff would kind of really fall into this new spirituality um scientology um would, would fall into this you know every person is god um consciousness can be harnessed to achieve perfection and really it's it's all about self you know it's it's kind of like karma you know and and i hear people even inside the church talk about karma and stuff you know karma's not re- karma's not real it's not a real thing you know and you know you, you people like the the concept of karma because it's the you you get whatever you give you get you know kind of thing which is actually a biblical um uh, thought process it's mm-hmm. a bi- biblical construct you know that that you reap what you sow, you know, but, yep. but according to karma, you know, you have to do so many good things in order to offset the bad things, you know, it puts all the control on us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not, that's not the truth. You know, that's not, uh, that's not how things are supposed to work. Um, and then, um, I, I tell you what, let's, let's go to a break and then we will come back and we will finish these opposing worldviews. So we'll be right back after this. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jewelers Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 Northwestwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. This portion of the Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. 
All right, guys, here we are. We're back. Um, you know, so we're going to continue these opposing worldviews. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, postmodernism and new spirituality. You know, there's a lot of stuff that falls into those categories. Um, a, a big one right now, in, which is, has riddled America, is Marxism. And it's it's hard to even say. And, and it has infiltrated our schools in such a way that it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I've told this story before, but it fits it fits what's going on here. So I there was a young lady at church. She was probably maybe a freshman in college when when she did this. Um and and whenever before I say this, this young lady she loves Jesus. She still loves Jesus. You know, this was several years ago. Her parents loved Jesus. She was active in the church, you know, stuff like that. But she had posted on Facebook a quote from Karl Marx. And I'm like do you even know who that is? You know, and of course it wasn't like, it wasn't one of his quotes that, you know, there's no place in religion. You, you know, there's no place for religion in, in politics. There's no, you know, it, it was no anti, it was like, you know, just some kind of little inspirational quote, mm-hmm. but just the simple fact that she thought that, that it would be okay. Any, anything to, to, to promote anything. Karl Marx is, is, is evil. You know, he, he was a known atheist. Uh, he was a known satanic quarter. As a matter of fact, I, I learned this the other day that there is a wherever he's buried at over in Europe, there is a satanic church that goes and celebrates his birthday. Lord, yeah, at, at, his, at his grave, they they you know, and so he known satanist, um, and you, you know the the thing about it is is. You know, when you think of Karl Marx or you think of Marxism, you know, of course, we automatically go to socialism and communism. You know, the the, the only difference between socialism and communism, socialism, um, communism has guns, socialism doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but it's basically the exact same thing. It's never worked. It, there's never been a thriving um, country that has been been socialistic you, you know you you look at places like uh venezuela you, you know that that was a democracy they went to socialism they completely destroyed themselves um you, you know because the the whole the whole premise that karl marx has can be uh, can be um um summed up in three words conquer by conflict mm-hmm. and you know and you see that in everything, Con- uh, conflict and race, conflict and economic class, conflict and social uh, social class, conflict and politics. You know, and you see all these things that are happening in America today. Inside, you you know, critical race theory and uh, critical theory, and uh, you, you know, woke and you know, and all these di- uh, wokeism and all, all these different things. We're going to talk about more in detail, uh, probably on another podcast. But um, you know, th- these things have just riddled. Our, 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 even in our government. I mean, we have known socialists that, that are, that, that have, have, that are in our government. You know, you you look at people like Bernie Sanders, you know, the, the guy. Feel the burn. You know, it's like, come on, guys. You know, everybody's like, oh, he's from weed. Let's vote for him. You know, you freaking morons. You know, and and I know, I, I know, I know I get riled up and I probably shouldn't be that way. Lord forgive me. But it just, Oh, it just burns me. It's like, guys, please educate yourself. It strikes a nerve when people just start talking and they don't think about the actions or they don't think about anything else. I mean, that whole conquer by conflict theory, 
I mean, it's ridiculous. If if everything is going to to be resolved by conflict, then we would we would always be in a perpetual war. Which I mean, we are always at a perpetual war within ourselves, trying to trying to do the best that we can. But that's what we do is we go through and we we uh, we, we want to do so much, especially with the, like the socialism and the communism, is we want to fix everything and that's where the fix comes from is we want to conquer by conflict mm-hmm. i mean and you see it in the news you see it in politics like you were saying you see it everywhere that if we can just we can control the narrative and that's exactly what the media does the media controls the narrative and that's the way that they keep the conflict producing that's is right. because conflict sells conflict gets viewers conflict will get more instagram followers will get you more tiktok famous it'll get more subscribers on a news channel but it's ridiculous that we have turned to that as our means yes. of gratification, I guess. Yeah, you know, and and you see it, you, you know, throughout throughout America right now. And you, you know, and you look at at uh, I don't even know what to call them. You know, terrorist groups. I guess is what you you know, like Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You know that they're you, you know that their whole premise is to destroy the nuclear family. You know, it's in their yes. mission statement. You, you know, conquer by conflict, you know, the, you know, the burning down buildings and tearing things up and, you, you know, and all this stuff. And I was listening to, to this podcast today. So I, I, I'm driving a truck right now and a dump truck. And, and so I just, I listened to a bunch of podcasts and, um, Cooper stuff had, had this guy on it. I wish I could remember his name. And, uh, he was talking about how he, he was a black pastor and, um, he, He's going around to like school boards, you know, and, and he's really speaking up against, you know, critical race theory in the schools and, and, and you know, and stuff like that, you know, you know, and he's like people, people just preach racism all the time, you know, and, and like because people are white, they should, they should automatically be guilty, you know, and because that's what that's what critical race theory is. If you're white, you're auto, you're guilty by association just by the, the, the color of your skin, which is in and of itself racist. But anyways, that that's another whole topic um you know but he was talking about you you know all this stuff and he's like people don't even understand the history of america you know he was talking about how you you know they started talking about like margaret singer you know who who um you know planned parenthood and different things like that who who who's associated with like you know black lives matter and all you you know Planned Parenthood is a big backer for for a lot of different things, but you know their whole premise was to annihilate black people. Yeah, you know, and they were a liberal. Margaret Singer, the people who helped set up were uh, uh, Planned Parenthood were all Democrats. You know, and they, yet you see the the Democratic Party today, and I'm not trying to talk politics, but this is just facts. You know, the the Democratic Party today is just pushing. You know, Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood, and people are are just falling head over heels for this stuff. And, you know, you look at 80%, 80% of Planned Parenthood abortion clinics are in, are, are in a poverty stricken black neighborhoods, you know, and there's, that's, that's not, you know, that that's not me trying to be mean. That's just that those are facts, you know, and people are so blind and they've allowed this worldview to completely, uh, over, overtake them. And this is exactly what Karl Marx wanted, conquer by conflict. You know, you take a Christian nation, you destroy it by conflict over and over in everything all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are most certainly seeing it today. So another another opposing worldview would be secularism. 
Um, you know, and this one is big. You know, it, it's it, this one basically states that there's no room for God or religion in the public public sphere. So, you know, a lot of agnostics and stuff. You you know, that's kind of an agnostic view. You know, they they don't care if you go to church. They don't care if you do all that. Just leave just leave it alone. Just leave us alone. You know, mm-hmm. just um, you know, don't don't be bothering us with it. Don't. Uh, um, it doesn't have any place inside. As long as it's inside those four walls, it's all that matters. And, um, you know, this, these are also the types of people that like to scream separation of church and state. Um, you know, which, by the way, which I, I know I said this the other day, but is not in our Constitution. You know, and they, they talk about separation of church and state as if as if it's law, as if it, it was part of the Constitution. It is not. It was never meant to be part of this, the Constitution. The way that we use it, the way that it is used today is the opposite of way the way that it was written to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, right? Is it Thomas Jefferson? Yes. Wrote a letter to the government about keeping the government outside of uh, outside of the churches. It was never about keeping the church outside of the government. It, you know, that the government could not dictate how, how we worship. They could not dictate, you know, they could not come in and and, and um, it, run a narrative inside of the church. You know, they, they couldn't do those types of things. That's what separation of church and state was. Now, today, it's used as, well, the church can't be inside of the uh, of politics. You know, and all this really, really took place back in, uh, I can't remember what year it is. I think, I think it was while JFK was president, they signed a law that pastors could not speak about politics um, or a, a uh, political opponent, period, right? Mm-hmm. And so they, they couldn't talk about it behind the pulpit. And th- this is th- this is where it all started. And man, I wish I could remember I'm pretty sure JFK was was president at the time. It was around the 1947 era. Yes. Because there was a Supreme Court. They tried to define what the establishment of religion was. And so they took the clause, um, just as Hugo Black, in his writing, he said, neither a state nor federal government can set up a church. Right. You know, and so, you know, and then... Then they they also you know brought in where you know like pastors they they couldn't talk about political opponents and different things like that. Well, now it's you know if if a pastor talks about politics at all, it's it's like heresy. You know, you, of course, you know the the big saying the two things you never talk about is religion and politics. You know, which the which is the number two thing the two things that people should be talking about the most, especially Christians, especially Christians. We spreading the, the the gospel, letting people know that, you know, abortion is wrong. You know, because now, today, everything's a political issue. Everything. Homosexuality is a political issue. Abortion's a political issue. Um, you know, uh, all everything. Every major issue that we're dealing with today, they have, they have politicized mm-hmm. on purpose, you know, because, you know, it's not supposed to be talked about inside the churches. And and it's something that we should absolutely take a stand on, all the time, constantly. So the the last opposing worldview before we go before we end this podcast that I want to talk about is Islam, um, and and I know this is kind of kind of uh, a weird one to, to talk about, but um, Islam is taking taking the world by storm, and um, you, you know it's it's unique. 
because it is one of the only three theistic religions in the world. You know, you have Islam, you have Judaism, and you have Christianity. You know, basically theistic means that we all believe that there is a God outside of the world that created the world, right? So, you you know, of course, they believe that Allah is God um, and that the Quran is the, the, the holy book. You know, versus the Bible, they they don't, they don't believe in Jesus, they, or they they believe Jesus, but they believe he was a prophet. They did, they don't believe that he raised from the dead. Um, you know, and all these different things, and it is it is taking by storm, by storm. Everybody was talked about how you know, oh well, it's so peaceful, it's such a peaceful religion, and, you know, and there's and really it's right the opposite. You know, the the Quran calls for violence. You know, it calls for. Um, uh, you, you know, to to kill the infidels, you know, and, and and all these different things, and it is, it has fooled the world, you know, and it's crazy how even though it's a theistic worldview, people don't people don't mind if you're Muslim, you know, or if you're Islamic, they they don't they don't care, mm-hmm. they, they they don't care that it doesn't it doesn't bother them a bit, but you tell them that you're a Christian, oh my goodness, you know you're. You might as well, you know, be punching them in the face or, you know, setting a building on fire or something like that because, you know, you're you're the worst that ever was. Yeah. You know, and and it's just it's mind boggling the 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 way Satan has has blindfolded people, you know, to to believing that these these lies, these opposing worldviews that these people have have fallen into um, these again lies of the enemy. And you you know you you look at like you know of course Muhammad's like the the prophet or whatever for Islam or whatever mm-hmm. he was he he wasn't even born you know he talks about Jesus you know he he was born four to six hundred years after Jesus had already ascended into heaven you know and it's like you didn't you didn't even know we have eyewitness accounts in the first century of of who Jesus was you know and here you come along six four to six centuries later. And you're just, you, you're an expert. You know, it's like, come on, give me a freaking break. Well, they, we've, we've just come up with different ways to, to not mock, but recreate the Christian perspective, what God was, who who Jesus was on earth. And that's one of the ways that Islam has done it, is they've kind of taken it and they've twisted it just a little bit to still make it good. But we... We as Christians, we've stayed silent for far too long. Or there was a time, people either see Christians as super duper, like overbearing of you're doing everything wrong. We're super duper judgy, or we don't say enough. Right? There's no in between. Yes. And so that's where we've gotten to with Christianity is that everybody sees us as one or the other, and most of the time they revert back to the negative, which right. is we're so overbearing right. that we are so accepting of every single other worldview that there is. Other than the Christian worldview, right. because if you're seen as Christian, you're seen as judgy. Right. You're seen as having moral ethics, having some type of, you know, code about yourself. Right. And all these other um, worldviews and religions, not saying that they don't have some type of code, right. but it's what they've deemed themselves as code. We, as Christians, use God's truth, where right. they have taken and they've used man's truth, which is yes. why we got all, every single one of these other worldviews, but that's why... They're, everybody's more accepting of, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, mm-hmm. everything else, because they, you, you've never seen a Hindu person come up to you and be like, 
you're going to a bad place. Right. But we have a bad place. We, we know that there's a heaven and there's a hell. Right. And they're, they're going to be more like, you're, you're probably going to come back as a grasshopper right. instead of a cow. You're going to be a tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. But we, we, we have decided as Christians that we haven't decided. God has showed us and revealed us through since the beginning of time mm-hmm. that there's a heaven and there's a hell. Yeah. And that we're either going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. And these are the two. Right. There's nothing else. And so everybody else says they don't want to go to hell. So mm-hmm. they're going to create whatever other truth they can think of. Right. So that they stay away from that. And we've tried so hard to, ex- to escape hell, to escape going to the bad place, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that we're going to create whatever we can, whatever worldview, whatever, anything else to skew that truth. And we've got to get back to it. And that's why Christianity is seen as this negative, negative worldview now, other than this loving worldview. And that's the whole point of apologetics is to get back to that lovingness. Right. To to show them the truth, but to show them with love. Right. You know, and the reason why these these worldviews even exist is because they're trying to answer these five questions without Jesus. Yes. You know, and and we're going to talk more about a biblical worldview in the next podcast, but you know, these these are all opposing worldviews. Well, if you have an opposing worldview, you have you have a right worldview. You have an original worldview, which is the, a biblical worldview, which in should be should be that we view the world through the Bible. Okay, so that that's what it means. A biblical worldview means that you take the Bible and you view you use it as a lens to to look at the world, opposed to looking. Um, looking at the Bible through the lens of the world, right? Does that make sense? Yes. And and so that's that's the reason why it's important for us to understand what a biblical worldview is. This is what, the reason why this is part of the foundations of apologetics is because our worldview makes up everything, you know. And if we if we do not if we do not understand our worldview, if we do not understand, um, the the excuse me, the things that happen and that there is absolute truth and that um, the Bible is authoritative and it is accurate and Jesus loves us and he cares for us and he has a plan for us and he has hope for us and our hope is in him, you know, that that heaven is real and hell is real and we want to spend eternity in heaven and and so on and so forth. We begin to, to skew these things and we begin to adapt or adopt opposing worldviews, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you know, even inside the church. And and I don't want to get too much into the next podcast because I want to save this some of this stuff for, for that. But you, you know, when you get into you know opposing worldviews inside the church, and this is this has really happened, and um, you know, you end up with a with a screw a skewed biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And um, on our next podcast, we're going to talk about what that looks like. And I hope you check it out. It'll be Worldviews Part Two, and um, and and I hope that you guys uh, um, listen to it. Listen, if you got questions about opposing worldviews, if you got questions about apologetics, maybe your your uh, foundations, um, you email us realmen at palaceofpraise dot com. You you can contact us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, you, you can you can get a hold of us there. We would love to hear from you. You know, comments, questions, anything. Uh, if you like this podcast, if you're enjoying this, please share it. Um, we, as of today, we have hit 99 followers. We were one away from hit from being a, at 100, and uh, 
it's it's a big time we're really growing and we would love for to we to share jesus with the world um you know men need this this type of stuff if you know a man that could that could use this that's struggling being a leader that is struggling you you know with it maybe with his faith and he needs he needs some some foundation of of what christianity is really about and, and the truth about jesus christ share this stuff with him and um you know we love you guys we would love to hear from you guys um and so as always i want to end in a prayer holy spirit teach us to be leaders of our homes of our communities and of our churches and teach us to be godly courageous men in jesus name amen You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmenatpalaceofpraise.com, or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.